On a clear day, you can see it from the city limits, a silhouette through the sea snow, perched on the very edge of an oceanic trench. But that's all you can see, really. The maelstrom between here and there keeps curious minds from confirming their theories. And there are lots of those to go around. From murkind gone feral and acidic, to a secret technology kept at safe distance in case it malfunctions and erupts, to the idea that the worst criminals in the ocean thrive in that shadow, far from the sensibilities of society. That last one might have some merit. The only thing we know for sure about that place is that no one goes there with a willing heart and a cogent mind. But on a clear day, you really can't help but wonder what sort of things happen in the shadow of the diver. Welcome to Spin the Wheel Stories. I am your host and game designer, Sasha. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Sasha underscore Renault, and you can follow my game dev, dev stuff at TCabbage. Um, uh, today I am joined by Ray. Hello, I'm Ray. You can find me on Twitter at RayRayTheGayK, and I join Sasha every week on uh, Beam Saber the Cenotaph, so that's a thing we do. Yeah, that's right! Yeah, I don't know. Plug things. Yeah, every every Tuesday at at uh, what is it? Twitch TV slash you don't meet in an in with an underscore. Is it the full thing? It is. It is the full. Yeah, thing. it's use underscore don't underscore meet underscore in underscore and underscore in. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's it. Um, so today we're going to be playing Spindlewheel uh, Festival Edition. Um, if you are interested in the game or want to follow along, you can do so at tinyurl.com slash spindlewheel-openbeta. You can play the whole thing for absolutely free, so, you know, give 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 that a consider. Give that a think. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping at the at the top. We'll be playing with the X card, which is a, a social safety measure. Um, if anything comes up in play that you're not comfortable with or you just don't want to play with for the story, you can tap the X card and we will uh, amend it to something better. Um, uh, is that a physical thing I can ping on the roll twenty, or should I just like? Um, probably just like type X in the chat. Okay. Or or say, hey, can we X card this? Okay. Um, just wanted to make sure what I knew what your setup was. Yeah. So cards can be discarded for the same reason, but if you're just unsure of what to make of a card, read it to the group and ask for suggestions. Other people can make proposals, but only the person playing the card can define it. The other thing is bleed. Uh, Spindlewheel is inspired by tarot, which is especially suited for self-reflection. Tabletop games let us project ourselves onto fantastical stories, and Spindlewheel is a combination of both. As a result, it's very easy to project yourself onto the cards, which can lead to bleed, which is when things from your life or your personality sort of bleed into your character and vice versa. Um, Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, this is not necessarily a bad (laughs) thing, but it's something to be aware of, since the deck might deal unexpectedly dark cards. Take care of each other and don't be afraid to discard cards if they don't fit the tone of your story. We'll also be using uh, check-in. The X card is good for immediately curtailing a bad situation, but sometimes we aren't capable of asking for what we need in the moment or don't have a full understanding of what went wrong until later. 
The check-in phase lets us review what happened, revisit the details, and revise as needed. It happens mechanically uh, after world creation, character creation, and uh, the events, but they can be called for by anyone at any time. The story we're weaving together is a living document. It's not chiseled in stone. It's mutable and flexible, and it will come away from alterations better for it. If nothing needs to be changed, the check-in is great for flagging things you're excited about, expanding with details you just thought of, and celebrating the cool things your friends just added to the story. So, yeah, let's head into uh, world creation. Um, So that's these five facets. I've laid out these cards already. And I'll give these a flip, and we'll interpret them together. Um, Oh, I should show you how to interpret a card, shouldn't I? (laughs) Yes, I'm very sorry. I should have been more prepared for this. No, it's it's totally fine. This is actually really handy, because it makes for a good, like, I've never played Spindle Whale, where do I go to learn the the thing? I can be like, the episode with Ray. Because we go <laughs> Thank over. Thank you, Sasha, for my life. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the the fundamental verb of Bindelwheel is interpretation. Each of these cards portrays a particular idea, and the two sides of the card are different. So the one that I drew as an example is Princess, master of statecraft, coy and clever, wealth beyond gold and land. And the other side reads, uh, sheltered and fearful, seen and never heard, expected to suffer lightly. And do the sort of definitions change depending on which way it's vertically drawn? Yeah, the idea is to favor the upright when you draw it, but you can flip it if you want. That's not a problem at all. Uh, Sometimes they're diametrically opposed. Often they're two sides of the same coin. A card can be a person or an event. It can be an attitude or a physical object. Pull as much or as little from the card as you need. You can cite as much as the entire card or as little as a single word. Um, So what you're going to do is you're going to use this card as an anchor for the part of the story that you're telling. Okay. Yeah, that's the base component. Like, if you get nothing else from this game, as long as you're interpreting and playing cards, I could not give less of a shit. Nice. You're still playing Spindle Wheel if you do that, so. Um. Good shit. <laughs> I always forget how, like, pretty this game is. Thank you. <laughs> so, I flipped the five facets. Um, this is a spread that sort of resembles the Celtic Cross um, in Tarot. So we have uh, two cards crossed in the center. That's our core. The heart of the situation, the dominant driving force, and crossing, which complicates the core. And for us today, um, these two cards are darkness, shadows cast on the cave wall, and chasm, a long drop, a yawning canyon, a sinkhole, or a dry well, a winding corridor, a gasp for breath. And when a a card is sideways, you can pick from both uh, or either of the sides. Okay, but um, as it stands, darkness is... you, you can only get the option... Yeah, Shown I mean, here? I'll, I'll tell okay. you, I'll, I'll show you the the other side, which is a curtain thicker than the absence of light. Um, oh, that's cool. But yeah, I, sorry, just out of curiosity. Yeah, no problem. I am delighted that we got the cave wall and also the chasm uh, just at, at the core. That is yeah. lovely. It's very good. <laughs> so is that just like, is this a place where no one can see the sky, but light still filters in? I like that. I mean, what if it's, what if it's underwater? Ooh. Like, really, really deep oceanic kind of thing. Oh, we're gonna get into, like, fucking trenches and stuff? Yeah. Yes! Oh, I'm very into it. And you've also got the chasm as a literal thing. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Okay. (laughs) Cool. To the right? Yes, to the right um, (laughs) is uh, the boon, what helps the core, uh, which is oracle. Uh, small town seer, happy medium, crafter of household miracles, or soothsayer, bell ringer, wild-eyed prophet. So is this a person or? 
I'm okay with it being in person, um, but I, I'm sort of feeling the, um, on the oceanic vent, like, echolocation of, like, being mm. able to see in the dark. Okay, yeah. Sorry, that was just a general question about this, actually, is are all the cards around the center people, or are they non-specific to people, or phenomena, or... Ah, uh, they absolutely can be. Like, if we were, like, it would be really cool if there was, like, a sea witch down here. I'd be into that. Um, a card can be a person or an event. It can be an attitude or a physical object. Um, whatever okay. whatever we need it to be, basically. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Um, I also kind of had the mental image of, if we're going with the sort of idea of omens, like, maybe... Because when you get super deep in the ocean, you get, like, oceanic snow. Mm-hmm. What if these, whatever people we make, had a way to, like, read that and, like, interpret it? I don't know. That sounds weird when I say it. No, I'm really into it. That's great. And, and, like, oceanic snow is, like, it's it's dirt, and it's, like, it's, but it's also remains. little dead things. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, plankton and shit? Yes. Oh, I'm so into that. That's so good. Reading the bodies of the tiny dead. Yes. Here's the question. Is this for, like, day-to-day things, or is this, like, figuring out when the next whale fall is going to be? Like, how big How big are these predictions, do you think, typically? I mean, I think it depends on the person who's predicting. Mm. Like, I kind of like the idea of predicting things based off of this just being, like, something you get taught when you're a kid here, and depending on what you want to learn you use it in different ways and you ask different kinds of questions i love it that's very good oh wait what if the echolocation like the little sound waves disrupts the little dead plankton stuff stuff oh. <sighs> that sounds really weird when i say it i'm sorry <laughs> that's interesting does, does that affect the readings I mean, maybe. Maybe it's like you have to phrase your questions in a certain way to get the snow to respond, or mm. you have to, like... Now this is just sounding too much like Skyrim. What? How? Yelling magic. How? Okay. <laughs> Look. Don't do this to me. You are not the first person to try to turn this game into Skyrim. I am... I'm sorry for sullying your game with Skyrim. I, what is it about it? What is the connection here? I don't. Anyway, it's Just fine. The... Whatever. <laughs> Todd Howard too. Okay, the Bane. What works against the core, um, which is to the left of the the two crossing the center, is Hunter. Oh, I mean, there have to be like scary lava people, right? Oh, there's gotta be. There's gotta be a oh, the wolf in the woods, the monster in the water. Are you kidding me? Like there's absolutely like fucking volcanic vents and like deep sea creatures yeah just really big just really big oh my god did you read there was an article i can't remember where i found it but there were a bunch of like marine biologist uh oceanic researchers that a while back found hammerhead sharks living in the sulfuric acid waters near an underwater volcano oh my god is that what these things are? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's, yep, absolutely. That's exactly <laughs> Acid sharks. Acid sharks. <laughs> Perfect. Our desire, uh, what the core wants most, which is above the two cross cards, is merchant, bureaucratic bottleneck, factories, boss, the company store, or a fair trade, a need filled, a broker of favors. Hmm. I do like a fair trade. Yeah, I was thinking about that as well. Because, like, I mean, 
how isolated are we thinking this place is going to be? Well, considering our plan, uh, which is overgrowth, a resurgence of life, nature reclaiming abandoned places, um, or interloping opportunist, a greedy and jealous invader, um, it might not be, like, overgrown right now, but the plan is to make it so. So maybe it's like, maybe we are trying to make a home here? Hmm. Um, I really like that, yeah. Or to like, or maybe to rebuild a home here. Maybe we've we've lived here before. Yeah, I I like the rebuilding a home mm-hmm. better only because it means we don't venture into weird colonialism yeah, territory. One hundred percent. And like, you know, that's a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so like a resurgence of life. This being like there was there was life here. Like we had a life here, and for whatever reason we were driven off of it, and now we're trying to to restore that. Maybe that's like trying to come to an understanding maybe with the acid sharks or like being able to read the um the sea snow in such a way Hmm. i mean maybe what if like the sea snow stuff told us to leave Mm -hmm. and we've like only now decided that it's safe to return but we have to like build up what we once had i don't know um yeah this one's hard also, are the acid sharks just acid sharks, or are they acid shark people? Hmm, that's a good question. The inverse of hunter is forladen and sharp-eyed, color of herds, harbinger of extinction. Hmm. So it does have sort of a sapient side to it, if that's something we want to do. Yeah, I'm just wondering if if we want this to be more of, of a man versus man or man versus nature kind of thing. I'm into either, is the thing. Like, I really like big monsters who can't be talked yeah. to. Um <laughs> But I'm also cool with, like, figuring out what, what a society of acid sharks looks like, so. I mean, do we maybe want to operate on the assumption that they're not sentient and then maybe change that later? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get to know the acid sharks a bit better before we decide. Yeah. Cool. So maybe that's the fair trade, right? Like, figuring out a way to coexist, right? Yeah, or even, like, I kind of like the idea of the people here being, like, a little group of people that everyone sort of thinks is really making a bad life choice with this whole thing and i think maybe part of this is we're trying to bring people back Mm. i don't know i don't know how you feel about that i like that yeah like everyone else has given up on these old like fishing grounds but we're like we could we could do this and everyone's like you're gonna get yourself killed like come on yeah we need to prove that this this place can be lived in again i like that that's good nice so now we'll read the world's fates which are these three cards uh beneath the five facets so picture these as a glimpse into the history of the world. So the first card is Clotho, the catalyst that led to the world's current state, which is Goose Down, a soft place to land, a whisper just above silence, or a notable delay, a layer of numbness. Hmm. I love the idea of this as the sea snow. Yeah, that's, like, that's also what I was thinking. Yeah, like it, it's always been there, right? But maybe that whisper just above silence, that realization that we can we can speak to and hear back from the sea snow. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I mean, I also just, I just love the whole idea of the sea snow because like, and of being able to hear back from it in a way, because like you're hearing back from all of these tiny, teeny little dead things. And Mm. it's, I don't know, it's just a very good mental image. Yeah. Lachesis, the current state of affairs, is progenitor, a precedent, a familial tie, the water of the womb, or a surrogate, a found family, the blood of the covenant. Oh, that's my shit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think a big part of this is, like, it's a small group of people going back. 
Like, people don't know what they're going to find, and when they do find what they find, they don't know what they're going to do with it, so they've got to be, like, this close community. Mm. Yeah. And lastly, Atropos, the common-held belief of what's to come. His cursed sword. (laughs) Oofa-doofa! A voracious blade, double-edged, glittering red with an unquenchable thirst, or brittle steel, rusting armor, old marching orders for a new war. I mean, is that not just what the people back home think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is gonna end in blood for everyone involved, they think. And we are not prepared. (laughs) (laughs) Good shit. Perfect. Okay. The next step is to pair desire with an event. So the desire card is a card that you'll earn over the course of the game by queuing events. Events are scenes described by the event's name that start with the two cards we stacked in the event slots. Um, so to the uh, on the board here uh, in roll twenty, to the left is a column of these events. I'll, I'll go over those in a minute. So in this step, you'll pair your desire card with the event that best aligns with your plan. When the event paired with your desire card is queued during the game, the spotlight, or narrative focus, turns to your character as their desire finally presents itself within their reach. You'll have the opportunity to narratively earn your desire by playing cards from your hand on the ensuing scenes. To set this up, answer the following question. Considering your plan, what event will you play through to get your desire? Place your desire card on that event stack face up. So considering the world's desire, which is the fair trade of the merchant, like being able to coexist here, and our plan to do so, which is to reclaim abandoned spaces, which of these events do you think it will play to get it? And I'll, I'll, I'll read what those are. They are an invitation, a wager, a challenge, a gift, a revelation, a cataclysm, a conversation, an ultimatum, a trial, a duel, or a vision, a sabotage. I mean, I think as it stands... It feels like a challenge is the most appropriate, mm. but it also feels like a challenge is the most boring. It could also be an invitation. Yeah, I I like that. I just I think the idea of like going in the into this guns blazing is like you know. Yeah, I think there's a better way of doing that for sure. Like a challenge feels like the easy answer for this, and I don't want to go with the easy answer. I almost like the idea of it being a trial. Mm. Yeah. Like, maybe the idea that the people coming here were in some way sentenced to do this. Ooh. That feels dark. That feels edgy. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. Something along those lines of it being more of an obligation than a desire, at least to begin with. Mm -hmm. I like that. I do. Um, So I'll put that card on that stack face up. The rest of these go into the Arbiter's deck, but for the sake of being able to refer to it while we do other stuff, I'm going to leave these out, and I'll explain what the Arbiter's deck is later. Okay. That sounds scary. (laughs) It's not, I promise. (laughs) Um, No, I know. It just sounds like Arbiter feels very, you know. Believe me, it's extremely arbitrary. Bad. Goodbye. Uh Uh I'm leaving this call. (laughs) I can't believe you've done this to me. (laughs) Cool. So let's check in quickly. To review, you can ask clarifying questions you need from as broad as, can you explain what you did again? To just to be clear, you're flying the king's banner during all of this, right? Players can answer questions either with a short explanation, by drawing from the deck for the answer, or by saying, we'll find out, to leave it as a mystery to unfold. To re- revisit, rarely do we get everything perfect the first time. Revisiting is about coming back to the first draft with a thoughtful eye. Revisions are not limited to the contents of the scene and can stretch back all the way to world creation. For example, I don't think the lighthouse keepers are really the focus here after all. I think this is about the sirens on the cliff face. 
You can address moments you're not comfortable with. For example, like, I'm not okay with the pilgrim dying in this scene, or I'm actually not as comfortable with body horror as I, th as I thought. And punch up scenes with additional details. Uh, for example, like, actually, I'm going to try that line again. I don't think that's what my character would say. Okay. Yeah, I do actually have a rules question. What's up? Um, so I'm a little bit confused about the relationship between the desire and the event, like exactly how those two interact. Sure. So over the course of the game, we'll be pulling these two cards as the starter of that scene. So the two at the trial and the duel? Mm-hmm. So say okay. when when we decide that what makes the most sense next is a trial, we'll pull those two cards and we'll cross them like the, like the core. And we'll use those to sort of describe what the scene is. Um, and the purpose of having the desire on it is that during the scene that desire becomes available for its player to earn. So okay. when when you've narratively earned your card, which is like whenever you can justify to the rest of the table that you've done so, um, you can take that card into your hand. Okay. I think it's probably just going to be easier for me to figure it out in play, <laughs> just because, I, yeah, I think context of like actually playing will help me figure this out. Yeah. But anything you want to uh, revisit or revise? I think I'm good. Are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm excited for this this scrappy band of of scouts to come back to these ruins. That's that's gonna be cool. They're wonderful. <laughs> so let's go to character creation. Um, so I've I've laid out two spreads here. Um, which of these would you like, the left or the right? Uh, I'll just take the left one. All right, cool. Yes, the left one. <laughs> <laughs> Look. Listen, I still have to like look at my hands and like consider to figure out. I absolutely did that when I was saying that <laughs> i don't know what directions are and i never will i yeah i i'm well into adulthood i've accepted that i just it's just never gonna happen no one can make me understand what a left is <laughs> i know what port and starboard are port is left because it has the same number of letters and starboard is right because it doesn't oh, but shit. I, I, I couldn't i couldn't tell you what left or right were um so it doesn't really help that's a mood. I can tell where, like, north, south, east, and west are in my city, mm -hmm. but, like... Oh, yeah, you, you put me out in the woods, I'm fucked. Yeah, I only know that because of the CN Tower. <laughs> it's just it's just big and obnoxious. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, go ahead and flip these five facets, and we will uh, each interpret our own spreads for ourselves, uh, for our character. So interpreting the core as the self. Okay. So take a minute to read your cards, and when you're ready, uh, describe who you are. These are so good. <laughs> this is such a good game. Oh, I mean, shit. <laughs> I've literally got the C. <laughs> that you did. I mean, you. I've got the C, and you've got the bridge. Mm -hmm. And I've got the Leviathan. So this is working out really nicely. <laughs> I've got a unicorn. I don't know, are there narwhals? <laughs> yeah, there could be narwhals. Hell yeah, there are narwhals. Just deep sea narwhals. Narwhals live. I don't think they do. I don't think they do. But no. they do here. They do here. We've got like mermaid people. Mermaid pe people can be whatever the fuck we want. Yep. And sometimes mermaid people are weird narwhal people. Mm -hmm. Okay, I do. I do have a logistical question for the narwhal people, which is: Is it a unicorn horn or is it a tooth? The way that a narwhal's yes. horn is a tooth. The answer is yes. <laughs> fuck. Okay. <laughs> okay so when i'm interpreting the cards mm -hmm. am i i mean i'm assuming they don't have to be literal but like is the core like actually never mind i realized i knew the answer to my own question <laughs> 
Happy to help. <laughs> Look. <laughs> nope, I'm sorry, you're redundant. I can I can do this by myself now. Oh no. Just <laughs> playing my game without me. Kill horror. Oh. <laughs> I have a name for this asshole. Yeah. This is the problem with playing on recording because I can't reuse a name. <laughs> um I can reuse names. Should I go for my, my bullshit excerpt name? Yes. Yes, you should. Always. Okay. Oh, that means I can go for the... No, that doesn't make sense underwater, does it? Fuck. Okay. Uh... Yeah, I realized bees aren't underwater. <laughs> <laughs> or insects? They could be crabs. They're, they're insects. Or deep sea like... isopods. Yeah. <laughs> isopods, they're lobsters or deep sea, you know. There are sea spiders. That's a thing. Yeah, there are, and they're horrified. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna go for it. Wait, no, I need to check what the name actually was. Yes, I Let me go into my DMs. Okay, there it is. Sibogwinid Polycate. That's so good! The C has good, some good names in it. Sibogwinid Polycate. Well, um, that's a little long. Uh. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I guess my my name is part of your your excerpt now. That's good. Can you put a can you put a line break in there somewhere. I don't know how. <laughs> uh. Uh. Well, here we are. Can I can I do that? Maybe no, I can't. I can only move it. Um. Uh. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. I don't know how roll 20 works, I'm sorry. There you go. Uh, you're gonna have to, to square Yay! for yourself how that works from there on, but um, but that at least will fit on your side of the screen, Ray. Look. <laughs> I'm on my bullshit. Okay, okay. You are, and I love it. There. I have, I have a name that fits on the screen now. Hold on. Should I put an AKA here? Yeah, what's, what, what, got a nickname? Or, or am I just gonna say, and the queen bore upon her shoulders thousands of chittering insects, vindictive servants of light and life, every time that I, re I refer to you? You could. I'm not gonna do that. My players called this character Vinny in the game. Yeah, because um, vindictive. Yeah, it was bad. Um, so if you want to call them Vinny, aka Vinny, what's weird is they didn't go for the queen, which is interesting. Yeah. The actual noun. But it's also like, I want to make it very clear that this character themselves is definitely not the queen, as it were. Okay. Like, I want to make that absolutely clear, even though I'm on my bullshit. Mm -hmm. Are you the insects, then? Maybe, yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm the vindictive servant. Oh, shit, the full name for Osidex is Osi Osidex Rosius? Yes. That's so good. Osidex is a bone-eating worm. Which shows up at whale falls and just kind of hangs out in, in whale bones for a while. Like, I think it might be specifically they exist to eat whale bones. That's so good. Whale falls are really cool and I love them. I mean, you mentioned having a sea witch and I think, I think my character might be the sea witch. Yes! Only because, like, the mental image that goes with stone soup is very much like a, like a little, like a, like a village witch kind of thing. Yeah. Do you want to go through your cards? Like, Yeah, only because I'm having a little bit of trouble sort of figuring out how to do things. Yeah, absolutely. We can, we can talk through it. Oh, I absolutely know what my bane is. I absolutely <laughs> know what my bane is. My bane is 
like a shitty, flashy stage magician back home. Oh my god. <sighs> Shit. <laughs> That's absolutely what it is. Have, have they went up to you? Like, what? what is this like? I mean, I, I think I'm like, I think they just started taking my clientele. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I used to be the cool, intimidating magic one, and then you happened. Mm. Kind of thing. So what is this what is this desire, do you think? Magic beans? Mm-hmm. I mean I, I, I kind of like the idea of this character wanting to be allowed to live up to vindication, as it were. Mm. Almost. Like knowing that they have the responsibility of of finding abundance and Sort of taking care, but like wanting to be allowed to gut the golden goose, as it were. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that works. I like that. That's really interesting. Hmm. Is that like, is that a case where vindication doesn't have to be relied on? That people don't have to come? What are, what are vindication's pronouns? I haven't decided yet. Okay. Um, but the people don't have to, like, that vindication doesn't have to be on call all the time for these things? Or yeah, that... I think that's that's part of it. But it's also, like, I think vindication is angry about something and they want to be able to seek vindication. Hmm. I, I don't know what that is exactly, but, you hmm. know, I'll figure it out. Play to find out what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Well, you do have the, the your boon as the Prince of Fate, which you have you have to, to the direction of deposed and exiled, which is interesting. Yeah, that's something I was thinking about as well. Can we come back to my stuff? I want to hear yeah, about your absolutely. character. Um, also, just before we leave, uh, Stone Soup is renamed from Pura Chilensis. If you if you just do like a a Google search of that, has it spelled P Y U R H C H I L E N S I S. It is. Uh, that was too many letters. <laughs> yeah, I'll just, I'll just link it. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. But it's a, it's a sea rock that when you break open has meat in it. Oh, those things. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know what those are. Those are the worst. <laughs> I hate those. It's so good. <laughs> it's like fish rocks, but terrible. It is. It, it's 100% fish rocks. That's <laughs> the fish rocks aren't already terrible. Spindle whale, one hundred percent fish rocks. <laughs> yeah, it's that's what that card was named for a long time because partially it was because like I wanted people to Google image search Pira Tulensis because they're great and I love them. And, but then like it's really hard to say and read and no one knows what it is, so I I changed it to stone to stone soup. But it's important also because we're doing cursed. A- Yes, also incredibly cursed. Um, but because we're doing it a deep sea, it's important. But I said that. Okay. It's very good. Um, so my character is uh, Osidax Roseus. Maybe Roseus. I don't know. I haven't decided. Um, my core is the bridge crossed by bandit. I'm actually rethinking which side of bridge I want. But I definitely... Well, I, I kind of like this sort of flying by the seat of your pants kind of deal with rope and wood haphazardly lashed. And... For bandit, I think I think I do underwater crimes. I think I'm a criminal. Um, and underwater crimes. Underwater crimes. Crimes that are done underwater. <laughs> Deep sea illegality. That's so good. <laughs> Deep sea crimes. Um, what helps even me... better than regular crime? <laughs> even better. Um, Boone, what helps me, um, is fool, close-minded and stubborn, faith-born of spite. Um, and I think this is, I'm just a stubborn son of a bitch. Um, 
wonderful. I've I put I put my mind to something and I can't be dissuaded from it. What works against me is Tender of Blooms, which is um, an apothecary, a purveyor of perfumes, poultices, well... <laughs> and poisons. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Well, the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, is that I I can't read the snow. I can't read sea snow, and so that fucks me up a bunch. And so I'm dependent on people who can. I think is what is what that means. What I want, um, what I want most, my desire is trickster, um, quick and clever, bane of the greedy, enemy of those in power. I think this boils down to I don't want to be fucked with. I want to be able to do what I I want without authority figures getting involved and telling me that I can't. I think that's just straight up enemy of those in power. And the way I intend to get it is Leviathan, um, a mindless <laughs> hunger, a tireless machine, crude oil burning in seawater, or a scale without reference. Ambition outside of reason, servant to nothing. And I think it's actually that one. As much as I love crude oil burning in seawater. Why not both? (laughs) Yeah. But I think reclaiming the old ruins, this, like, ambition outside of reason, but being a part of this and sort of establishing our own code, our own way of living here, um, to be servant to nothing, to have, like, a, almost like a pirate alcove down here, is my goal. That's what I want. That's how I'm gonna be enemy of those in power. So that's Osidex. Ro- Ro- uh, no, I can't do Osidex Roseus. I can. I can do it. It feels right. I just have to practice it. Osidex Roseus. That's me. That's such a good name. Okay. So is it okay if I just go over my character stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You can take it card by card, or you can do it sort of abstract. Whatever. Whatever. Whatever works. Yeah. Let me just stick pronouns in. Uh, I still haven't decided on pronouns. Fuck. Fucking mood. I mean, big mood. <laughs> it can be vindication. You can have just that, you know? That's how I played the NPC, so I'm just gonna go with what I had for this name before. Okay. I just use she, her for the NPC. I'm just gonna go for that. Cool. So, I think this character, this, um, and the queen bore upon her shoulders thousands of chittering insects, vindictive servants of light and life, uh, aka vindication. <laughs> um... <laughs> is a cool, cool, like, sea witch kind of deal. Um, and something I realized when you were talking is that I kind of like the idea of her being someone that teaches, like, little kids how to read hmm. the sea snow. Is just a thought I had, mostly to drive inter-character conflict. <laughs> so her core cards are the sea, not a drop to drink, an unfathomable, but di- uh, an unfathomable... I can't say it. I did this to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> an unfathomable distance, an abyss that light has never touched. I think just the combination of unfathomable distance, it's just hard to say. Mm. And then stone soup, find abundance in fallow ground, squeeze the blood from a stone. Um, or under the veneer of impassive stone is fragile flesh dressed in sand. Um, and I'm not really super going for, like, the descriptive stuff from those. I'm mostly just going with my associations with stone soup, and I hope that's okay. Absolutely. That's a perfect way to read a card. So my boon is the Prince of Fate. So uh, wait, what are your associations with stone soup? I don't know, just, like, I, I think I think the children's book, Stone Soup, was mm-hmm. about, like, a little old, like, witch lady who made stone soup, and it's just, like, the mental images I have is, like, of a little old witch lady. <laughs> Perfect. And I don't think Vindication is necessarily a little old witch lady, but the mental image is still there. It's the vibe, yeah. It's the vibe. It's the aesthetic. 
Cool. Sorry to interrupt. Continue. <laughs> it's fine. So the boon is the prince of fate, deposed and exiled, titles revoked, respect rescinded. Um, and I think what that is, is that she used to be in sort of a a considerable position of power and was sort of taken from that power and is not happy about it by any means. Um, I think part of the reason she's on this sort of little mission to this abandoned town is she was in some way deposed from her position as little old witch lady. But I think even though she's not happy about it, it lets her get a lot more stuff done than the bureaucracy of like teaching and, you know, being in the environment she was in uh, allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, and the bane is the unicorn, rare and wonderful, skittish frame stilled with a calm touch, or beautiful and territorial horn dripping with poacher's blood. So I'm going for wi- rare and wondrous as my sort of thing here. And I think I think she kind of got usurped by like someone who was flashier and who could do more like cool stuff as opposed to, you know, just being kind of a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this person was like a like a very flashy stage magician, but was also you know, qualified. This isn't like a, not to make a Harry Potter reference, but a Gilderoy Lockhart kind of thing. Like, this person was qualified. She's just bitter. Mm. The desire is uh, magic beans, a misdirection, a dream sold, gutting the golden goose. And I'm sort of taking gutting the golden goose and running with it a little bit. And I think, I think what she really wants, and I said this before, is to live up to her name, live up to vindication, Mm. and to be allowed to be vindictive as opposed to protective, like she is sort of used to. Mm. And I don't think she knows how she wants to get that. I mean, I think that's how I'm interpreting my plan card, which is fortuity, a chance encounter, a lucky ticket, a second chance. I'm sort of interpreting that as she's kind of just relying on the world to let things happen, but she doesn't have a plan. She trusts that fate will do its thing. Mm. Cool. So now we will read our characters' fates. Picture these as a snapshot of your character before the story starts. So I'll, I'll read mine first. My clotho, how I begin, is... Flood, brimming reservoirs, high tide, outpour of riches, or constant rainfall, hair trigger landslides, a valley submerged. Yeah, I think it's going to be the upright. I think that I pull off an incredible heist. <gasps> That's so good. And... <laughs> I'm just going to say right now that Osadax is a captain of some kind of pirate le- uh, league. Not league, but like crew. Um, a pirate league. Yeah. Not, qu- not quite Little that league big. pirates. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, we took down a target and got filthy rich off of it, I think. And um, I think that the, the holds of our underwater ship are fit to burst at this point, um, which is a good thing and also a pretty dangerous thing. My Lachesis, my current fortune, is Survivor. Mm. Uh, scar-crossed in body and mind, wounded and raw-hearted, or shipwrecked sailor, mountain roamer, shipmaker, <laughs> snake eater. Oh, it's gotta be that one! <laughs> you said it was dangerous! Guess who doesn't have a ship anymore? <laughs> what do ships like look like in this world? Like, What do our underwater ships look like? Um, I, okay, so a while back I played a solo game of Spindle Wheel. I think, I, I think it's on Twitter, actually. Um, I should do that. Uh, at Tea Cabbage in the, in the history. I'll, I'll, I'll put a link to it in the description. But it was also an underwater game, 
and the ships were mostly biomechanical and it was all like if you're if you're all, all right with with getting kind of you know um, oh absolutely in, into that vibe um yeah it's a lot of like putting chemicals in the right places and like a lot of I don't want to say parasites because that's not exactly how parasites work. Like they don't—they're not usually in simpatico with their hosts. But a lot of small creatures were essential for the larger creature to operate. That kind of thing. Um, nice. it's, the way I'm kind of thinking about it is like those jellyfish that aren't really jellyfish, but they're just like a bunch of teeny tiny little organisms. Yeah, look like a jellyfish. Absolutely. I don't know what they're called. I don't. I don't know either. But I love them. But yeah, I think this this poor ship gets torn up, and most of the hull is lost. Um, and I think maybe it is dashed upon either... I mean, it depends on where we want to start the story. Like, it's either dashed upon that trench, and like it, it falls into that abyss. I'm actually kind of into that. What do you think of that? Yeah, I like that. Cool. And that's what happens. Yeah, that's good. Um, that's good. And, and Osidax Roseus gets out of there with its life, but not much else. Um, that's fair. And to end, Atropos, how you will end a raised glass, a new bond forged in remembrance of those who have been lost, or a canteen passed along the trench, a drink shared with an old friend. Hmm. So Atropos works a little bit different from the rest of the cards. Atropos is, um, your character's Atropos may seem like a glimpse of what awaits them at the end of the game, but it's not a passive fate. Your Atropos will be your swan song, your final move. It's the card you'll play to end your story, and you'll decide what it means then. Keep your Atropos face up at the table in front of you until you're ready to play it. That's good. Um, so we'll find out at the end of the game what that looks like. That's me. Do you want to read yours? Yes. So my clotho is the moon. A solar eclipse, a complete and rapid transformation. Or a harvest moon. Dark machinations illuminated. Oh, it's absolutely dark machinations illuminated. <laughs> like, it has to be, right? Mm-hmm. What were the, like, were they yours or someone else's? That's what I need to figure out. Like, mm -hmm. was I the one with dark machinations or was I, like, deposing someone else's? Maybe both. <laughs> oh, good. I like both. <laughs> I think it has to be both right now. Mm. What should my dark machinations be? Shit. Could I ask you for help on this? Yeah, um, do you want to draw for it? I don't know how to do that, but yes. So that sounds good. Uh, drawing for it, asking the deck, means drawing a card to answer a question. Okay. The Fallen. A would-be murder with delusions of sainthood, a power keg in want of a spark, or a sheep fleeced, a chump bamboozled, a chronically unlucky sucker. <laughs> God. Ah, oh, shit. I still don't know what it would be. These are all so good. Well, uh, you could do a chump bamboozled. And literally had been, like, the fall guy for someone else's scheme. Yeah, I mean, that would... Yeah. I mean, who better than the weird village witchy person, right? Exactly. Who better than the witch who calls herself Vindication? <laughs> Look, I don't call myself Vindication. I call myself and the queen bore upon her shoulders thousands of chittering insects, vindictive servants of light and life. Everyone else calls me Vindication. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> My mistake, I'm so sorry. How could you do this? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I do like that. I mean, I like a powder keg in want of a spark. Uh, how do I get rid of this card? Um, I'm going to take, take it? it. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna put it in the Arbiter's deck. Um, oh, okay. It's, that's what, what we do with answered questions. So that makes sense to do that here. So, okay. Continue. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that what that ends up being uh, is, like, how she begins is 
She is sort of going into this situation, having taken the fall for the plans of someone in power or been a scapegoat for someone in power. Mm. Can I, like, make a, a call about the society? Sure, yeah. I think that someone in power wanted to stop the snow readings. Ooh. And I think, you know, being the teacher of this, she would be the natural person to take the fall for it. Yeah, absolutely. And so she was, like, implicated in something that then made the snow readings feel or seem like something negative. Hmm. Does that make sense? That's that's awesome. Yeah, that works. Okay. Perfectly. Good shit. I don't actually know how to pronounce this one. <laughs> Lachesis? Lachesis, I think? Lachesis. Like, Google it. That's what I've been saying, and no one has corrected me, so... I'm gonna Google it. How do I get Google to read a thing? There should be, like, a little volume thing you can click on. Oh, I have to go into Google Translate. It's Latin, apparently. Lachesis? Is how Google Translate pronounce it? Pronounce it. That's how talking works. Well, okay. But also did it with, like, a weird French accent. Uh, yeah, I, hmm. I pulled up a source that gave me something different. I don't know. Go with I'm yours. gonna trust your source. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Your current fortune. Read your current fortune. <laughs> Just stop butchering other languages for a second. The right hand of Solomon Ash. A spidering stress fracture. A tectonic slip in composure. A volcanic eruption. Or... Patron saints of wounds endured, grievances born, grudges held. It has to be that one, right? Mm -hmm. Grievances born and grudges held. I mean, it has to be like, you know, she's salty. <laughs> yeah. Not just by virtue of being an ocean person, mm -hmm. but sometimes when you are the scapegoat for someone's corrupt political maneuvers, you're a little bit bitter about it. A little bit. And sometimes grudges are held. And I think, like, this is probably why she's on this whole thing, is, like, she's trying to, I think in, in a little bit of a power-hungry way, she's trying to form a place where this kind of shit can't happen, and if she needs to take power to see that happen, she might as well take power. Mm -hmm. So, how she will end. Roman candle, glory and glamour, a dazzling display, a garish firework. Or... Shock and awe, sound and fury, a mask slipping to reveal fangs. Oh, it has to be that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most likely. Yeah. I mean, I think it, this very clearly... I don't want to decide what happens yet. I want to wait. <laughs> okay. Is that okay? Yeah, that's totally fine. Once you've interpreted all the cards, pair your desire with an event. You can double up desires on an event if someone already has a card on the event that you want. To set this up, answer the following question. Considering your plan, what event will you play through to get your desire? For me, I think it's going to be an ultimatum. I think it's going to be squaring with something that's much larger than me and winning, you know? Yeah, that's good. Either either I'll win it or I'll go down in flames. There's no in-between there, so. I feel like for me, it's got to be a revelation. Like, mm. I, think, I think it has to be, like, she figures out or thinks she figures out what she needs to do and how she needs to go about it. Nice. And, you know, if she gets that wrong, she's fucked, but <laughs> for now, she's pretty confident. Cool. Okay, so um, your Atropos card stays on the board. The rest of these cards, Clotho and Lachesis, and the remaining facets um, go into your hand. 
So do I just take card? Yeah. Um, you can also kind of just sort of leave them on your character sheet because it's 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 a little bit easier in rule twenty to sort of like flip them and read them than in the hand. Um, Erica figured yeah. this out last time with, that we played. Um, it is important that they don't. There's not like a hierarchy here of cards that they're they're all just cards. Were we playing in person, we would just have them in our hand and it would not be an issue. But because uh, roll twenty is it a technology, this is this is I think the the good way to go. So I really um, want to play this in person with someone. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good to play in person. It just it seems like it would be. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who'd probably be into this, actually. I might ask them to play. Do it. Because they're into weird, esoteric RPGs. Fuck yeah. That's 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 been the will. So your hand is your character sheet. You'll draw into it to describe what you, uh, how you feel or change, and play from it to describe what you do or say. A card does not have to keep the meaning it had when you first got it. Play your cards in any direction you like. We've done names. Da, da, da. Ground your story by making it specific. Use small hard details like rock candy. We've, I feel like we've been doing that pretty pretty well. Yeah. Pretty happy about that. Um, um, if there's anything like you want me to change or whatever that doesn't work. or No, stuff. I'm super into what we've built so far. Good shit. I never actually read the flip side of the sea. <laughs> the, the other one works fine. <laughs> Um, so, like our character hand, the Arbiter's deck is composed of uh, Clotho and Lachesis and the remaining facet cards, and also the card that we pulled to answer a question. So, the world's Atropos is by no means like set in stone, it's just sort of like a, a vibe in the air, um, the sort of common held belief of, of what's to come, and we'll find out at the end if it came true. Okay. So, the Arbiter's deck is sort of like the GM AI that plays on the on behalf of the world. So whenever it makes sense for the world to react to something, or whenever um, one of us uh, steps away from the action to like reflect, then the world gets to take a move. And that is done by um, one of us pulling a card from the deck and interpreting it as the world's reaction to what what's, what's going on. During the game, you'll take turns playing cards from the Arbiter's deck to simulate the world's reactions for your fellow players. When playing a card from the Arbiter's deck, use the world characters and complications to add complexity to your characters' lives, refer to NPCs and desired cards for reference and inspiration, leave hooks for your fellow players, and be careful you don't solve the problem just as you've introduced it. When you draw a card to answer a question, shuffle that card into the Arbiter's deck. If the Arbiter's deck gets thin, answer questions, uh, or ask questions and draw from the deck to replenish it. So that's, hey. that's, that's what that does. Nice. This is a good game. <laughs> Uh, lastly, in sort of the creation stage, is entanglements. Fun times. Great times. Those always go well. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, our characters' lives are tangled together by life bonds, responsibilities, or dumb luck. To tie an entanglement with another player, declare who you want to have a tie with. Each of you play a card from your hand that describes what binds you. For example, this is what I need from you, what you want from me, why we can't avoid each other. Exchange these cards into each other's hands. I mean, this is easy for me. Uh, fucking tender of blooms. I need you to read the snow. You don't want me to teach you to read the snow, though. That mm, I don't. I think there is maybe a mild impulse of like looking over your shoulder, but I think that also it, it's it's something that I don't feel like I need to know, <laughs> even though okay. I, ab- I absolutely do. I just I feel like that's an important distinction to make. Mm-hmm. Here's a question. Yeah. Hmm? Um, are you on board or part of the crew, or do I I meet you elsewhere? On board or part of the crew of of your of, pirate of my pirate ship? ship yeah. I think. I mean, let me ask you a question. 
um, uh-huh. in response. What kind of ships are your pirates pirating? Hmm. I mean, merchant ships, typically. But, like, just... human ships or our ships? Oh, good question. Um, god, I really want to pirate human ships. That's right as fuck, is the problem. Um, Go for it. Pirate those humans. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're like, I love this concept of, like, the Kraken, which is the outside of the ship that gets stories told about it, but it is, in fact, piloted. I'm really into that. Good shit. Then I don't think we meet by you pirating me. Um, yeah. Which was how I was going to go <laughs> if you were not pirating people ship. People ship. <laughs> That's how language works. Do you think maybe you were a failed student at some point? I like that. Which uh, which which card do you want to play for that? I think the right hand of Solomon Ash. Hmm. I think I need to feel like I could have taught you something, or I need to know that I could not have taught you anything. Hmm. And I think, like, wounds endured, grievances born, grudges held. Feels like a natural end to this if it doesn't go well, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Alright, um... And before we take a break, let's do one last check-in. Um, anything you want to review, revisit, or revise? I think I am good. Uh, is there anything for you? So, there was a point where we were maybe suggesting that this venture was almost like a capital punishment, that trying to restore these old ruins is something that we send the dregs of society to go do? Is that something we're still interested in? Yeah, I I mean, I think it almost makes more sense given what we've turned our characters into. Now that we know that these are people that have either been deposed or punished in some way, I think that's almost a more natural end to this. So, with that in mind, I'm considering maybe what if we changed the acid sharks to, instead of being like a natural phenomena or a separate thing, to be part of this larger society? Like a, almost like prison guard kind of thing. Oh, that's good. I like that, actually, yeah. I'm down with there being like a prison guard kind of vibe to the people here, but I think we shouldn't have it be one kind of people if we're going for that. Yeah, agreed. I don't I don't think that should be like a species trait. It could be that could get gross. Yeah, real fast. Um Yeah. What if it was but I was th- I was thinking because we have like biomechanical technology, maybe it is a suit or oh. something commissioned by fucking shit Atlantis or whatever that we have. I mean, what if they're just automatons? Automatons are cool. I'm into automatons. Because that keeps the sort of aesthetic trappings of, like, a homogenous kind of thing without getting gross in the same way. It might get gross, and I I worry about that. So I think, I mean, how do you feel about that? If that's the case, I might back off on uh, sort of biological engineering. I might steer back into sort of mechanical stuff. Oh, okay. I, I don't mean to, like, derail your... No, no, not, not at all. That's that's totally fine. Um... This is why the check-in is here. This is this is where we, we, we suss this out. I mean, do we maybe want to draw for it? Yeah, let's do that. So, Ophelia's Garland. Allow those who crowned you to change who you are. Or, a wilting flower crown, a dubious honor, a sickly and desperate faith. What if the people here are, like, not to get morbid as shit, but what if the, the like, prison guard kind of people are people that have been- Oh, this is gross. Are you okay with me being gross? I'm not not like gross, gross, but like 
I'm all the way in for body horror all the time. Yeah, go go there. I mean, what if there's something that took over here, like a parasite kind of thing, mm. and all of these prison guard people are people whose bodies got taken over by this thing when they tried to do the same thing we're trying to do? Ooh. Proposal. What if... Well, the thing that I kind of want to do that I'm really interested in is the bane here being people who who chose to come here to enforce the will of the society back home. Oh, that's good, yeah. Um, and so maybe that sort of hive mind was a procedure that those who came here, the sort of prison guards, were like, yeah, that's that's something that we we need to have while we're here to maintain order. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Cool. Cool, cool, that's cool. that's ooh <laughs> oofa doofa cool beans um I think that's everything I think I'm I'm happy with where this is going Sasha, with a housekeeping break for you. If you like the show, please give us a review on iTunes and tweet about the show using hashtag Spindlebod. This also helps people find the game, which is an open beta, in which you can print and play for free at tinyurl.com slash spindlewheel dash open beta. As for the meta, I'm still feeling out how check-ins should be paced overall, especially in the context of in-person play versus recorded for podcast play. As a producer, I feel like maybe it feels self-congratulatory or hand-wringy, but as a player, I immensely appreciate the opportunity to touch base with my fellow player and clarify things I'm not certain about in the story. Also, in not important but interesting news, I like that the world's takeaway helps focus what about the narrative this scene struck on that should resonate through the rest of the story, even if the card itself is never played again. That's it for the meta. Um... Thank you to Mike for the interim theme, Golden Threads and Mist. You can find him on Twitter at me and ampersand. Let's get back to the show. So, uh, let's do the introduction, which is three rounds. Round one is ask another player a question about how the world reacts to their character's presence. That player draws a card from the deck to answer, then shuffles that card into the Arbiter's deck. So, question about this. Uh-huh. Is this about a specific part of your, like, character? About how the world reacts to a specific aspect of a character? Or is this in general? Whichever. <laughs> Okay. Um, if you have a really specific question to ask, you can. I actually kind of do. I Because if pirates in our little underwater hellscape raid human ships, mm-hmm. how are pirates viewed by society? And by extension, how are you viewed? That's a fantastic question. I will draw to find out. <laughs> Vampire. A legendary monster, cold-blooded noblesse, a parasite. 
Ooh. Or vitality to the dying, life to the dead, vengeance to the wounded. Uh, I mean, it depends dead. on who you ask a little bit. But I think that going after surface ships is a dangerous task, and those who get away with it are rewarded in legend, you know? But I think, by and large, we are feared. Okay. Yeah. So I'll flip that. That's the shit. Here. Pretend it shuffled. <laughs> I'll ask you, um, what was it that the snow told you that the hegemony feared so much? And draw to find out. Oh. Unbroken mold. Obscure magic made commonplace by industrial might. Or return to tradition a perfect duplicate to replace instead of repair. I mean, I think, like, I think it's what we're doing right now. I think it's finding a way back into this town that we abandoned. Mm. But not without cost of their power, in a way. Like, not without cost of their superiority, I guess? Because I think, I think part of it is that, like, they're only superior by virtue of the society being in a new environment and being in an unfamiliar place. Yeah. That's rad. That's really cool. Good shit. Next is uh, round two, which is, uh, draw a card from the deck into your hand. Read the card aloud to the table and use it to reflect on something that worries you. Um, for the hand, should that just be on our little character sheet page? Yeah. Okay. So I drew Polaris, an immutable fact, an immovable object, um, or the North Star, a lighthouse, words to live by. Oh, and this worries me. I think... So I I can't read the snow. What I do is, is what the surface sailors do, which is I read the stars. But we are long past where light can touch us down here. And so I think I am worried about not having that guiding light to pilot by. And maybe that was one of the reasons that um, the ship crashed, is that I couldn't see. Oh, that's good. Speaking of us, like, I feel like we should have addressed this a while ago, but what do we look like? <laughs> hmm. Like, are we straight up mermaids, or are we something weirder? I like weirder. Yeah. I'm always gonna go for weirder. I think we have hands, and I think we have faces. Okay. But those are the only two things I'm certain about. Kind of want to have us have more hands than we should. I'm into that. I agree. I mean... What if we're just octopus people? Like, but are... No, that's boring. I don't know. I want to figure out what we look like because I need, like, a clear mental image of <laughs> what kind of bullshit we're on. I think it's a little bit of Vivius Man from The Shape of Water. I think it's a little yep. bit... What if... Uh, what's that snail uh, that has, like, iron in its shell? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, fuck. That, like, eats iron or something? Yeah. And it, like, reproduces itself in the shell. That's fucking cool. Maybe we have, like, chitinous parts that are, like, armored almost. Yeah, the scaly-footed gastropod. Um, because those things look so cool. Yes. Oh, I love how that looks. That's really cool. Yeah. I also, I also think it's it's fairly uh, individualized. I don't think, um, I mean, there there could be probably two that look alike, but, like, why would we do that? Yeah. But also, like, what if we're getting this from some, like, deep sea volcanic vents or something like that? Yes. We can be, like, covered barnacles and, like, coral and, like, but, like, living? Yeah. Because I feel like, like, mer people always look too clean. 
in mm-hmm. most things. They're not covered in bar- enough barnacles. <laughs> That's the problem with mermaids these days. <laughs> not enough barnacles. Not They're too con- barnacles. concerned with their own skincare. <laughs> cool. Damn millennials. <laughs> I'm not even a millennial. Shit. <laughs> with their face masks and their bath bombs. <laughs> Excuse you, bath bombs transcend generation. <laughs> okay, that's good. How many limbs do you think we should have? I, well, I'm thinking of how, like, shrimp have, like, just a bunch. Yeah. Just, like, a lot. And so they're all different sizes. And, like, so there's a bunch of, like, little hands. And then uh, a couple pairs of really big ones. This is a terrible reference, but um, have you seen the poster for Shrimp Heaven Now yet? I have not. Oh, it's so good. Not to put an ad for someone else's merch, but like it's in the, the McElroy store yeah. and it's gorgeous. Oh, that's that's a cursed image. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad image, actually. It's just so cool. It's like that's... a lot of eyes, but a lot of arms, and then some wings, and then some more eyes. Potentially biblically accurate. <laughs> God. That's an image and a half. <laughs> right? Fuck. Gotta need it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so are we weird shrimp people? <gasps> oh, what if we were those cool shrimp that can do the little explodey things? <gasps> Mantis shrimp? Yeah, and that's how we manipulate the snow. I'm into that. Also, Mantis shrimp are gorgeous. Yeah. Like, they're super cool looking. This is just my fursona at this point, I feel like. <laughs> no, this is Dredge's fursona. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> Alright, cool. I've been to this look very much. That's a good look. Okay, you should draw a card. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no problem. Okay. Rat King. Abandoning a sinking ship, amputating a necrotic limb, or fruit left to rot on the vine, a deadline missed. And why does this worry me? Mm-hmm. I think part of it is that, like, I think she's scared that society is going to abandon what she used to know and what she, her sort of assumed truths. Because a thing went wrong. And I think she's scared that she's going to be left behind. Mm. I don't quite know how I feel about that because it feels a little too baby boomery. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that can be interpreted in many ways. Yeah. Once everyone has reflected, play a card from the Arbiter's deck. Describe how this card's effect on the world plays on your anxieties. Unbroken mold. Um, yeah, I think the image, as we're sort of cresting the hill, as it were, to the settlement, is little bursts of light and the sort of clicking of echolocation as these... Oh, we should come up with a better name for them than our acid sharks. Um, as, as these patrols go by. And I don't think it's reading the snow, and I don't think it's reading the stars either. What is this sort of echo that maybe it's uh, obscure magic made commonplace by industrial might, especially with with the image of these suits that the the guards are wearing? Um, so round three is engage the world by playing a card to describe how your character reacts. What do you do about it? Oh, oof. So I'm I'm playing a card from my hand to describe the world as it is. No, you're playing a card from your hand to describe uh, your character's actions. In response to... I'm sorry, I'm... No. 
No problem. So when you play a card from your hand, you're describing how your character reacts to what is happening in the world. You, it can okay. be what you do, what you say. It can also be what details you add to the scene. If you have like, oh, I know, I know exactly what the ship looks like or whatever. Um, then you can play a card to, to support that. Okay. Is it okay if I ask you to go first on this only because I'm not really sure what direction this is supposed to take? Yeah, no problem. I think that it will be this. Um... I think that instead of heading into town, I'm going to seek out the catacombs underneath it. Oh, shit. This is probably not my first time to this this place, um, and so I know it fairly well, but the, I'm playing Bridge, uh, a mountain hollowed, to go and slip away and, and find the, the catacombs, the, the sewers, basically. How long do you think we've been gone from this place? Like, presumably long enough that nature kind of took over, but... You know, we've also... I would think people would probably have grown up here. Yeah. Hmm. I think it's a thing where, like... So this used to be our home. And then we left to the big city. Um, <laughs> I think... You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna draw for it. Um, which is... Yeah. Um, I think that this was... Uh, so I, I drew Pilgrim, a passing traveler, superstitious and weary, weary with miles still to go. Um, I think this used to be a very common stop and has been abandoned since. Um, you have, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yes, Brad? Do you know about the stewpot game that was played uh, last week? No, I, I know nothing. I mean, I know stewpot uh, by Takuma Okada, who's an extraordinary designer um, and, and okay. friend, but like, I don't... I wasn't okay. part of that, that game. Okay. No. I didn't know if you had heard about what went down we made an ice hotel that lived underwater for half the year that's really good what if this used to i don't want to like turn this into a weird connection like just like a cork board with little pins and strings all over it <laughs> but <laughs> the fucking cedar cinematic universe <laughs> you can't tell me it's not you can't prove us wrong but like what if this used to be where the like? Actually, no, this wouldn't work because the hotel was in a lake. Never mind. <laughs> That's not how lakes work. They could franchise. You don't know. They could. Sure, it's a franchise. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that tangent. <laughs> Apologies. I am kind of into almost like a, the Shining vibe with the hotel. <sighs> That's so good. Where like it is an off season, and maybe it's just been an off season for so long, right? Like. What if it's like? Are we assuming this is on Earth or? Mm, it can be because like uh, it does not have to be. If it wasn't, what if it's like the tides here are super weird, so they only come in and out like at once every, I don't know, ten years or something like that. And when the tide goes out or comes back in, something changes and it goes from an off season to a thing, but. Because it changes so so infrequently, it just, like, I don't know, got all fucky. That was not a good way to describe this, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, there's there's interesting stuff in there. Like, I, I'll tell you what I'm thinking, which is, like, how Europa is a planet of water that's, like, submerged in ice. Yeah, that's um, good. And also how, like, the Flying Dutchman um, is only appears every, like, seven years for, like, a night. Yeah. Those are both good vibes, I feel like. So, yeah, it's a place that's abandoned for most of the time. Probably that time is like a decade. That feels right. 
Maybe we'll just find out what's going on here when we get here. Maybe maybe we don't have to nail that down so much and we can just have have the lights and the sort of echoes from the distance yeah. be part of that. And and I I was here I think the last time this place was open and so I am taking the the, the back ways. Do you think necessarily you're giving me the time to follow you? Yeah. Okay. Then I think that is probably what I'm doing. Now I've just got the mental image of weird little shrimp people, and I love it. <laughs> so then, do I draw from my hand or the deck? Um, your hand. So you're playing okay. from your hand onto the board. And I am playing how my character reacts to the world. Mm-hmm. What your character does or says. Okay. Sorry. I I got caught up in having our weird conversation about hotels and shrimp people, and I <laughs> forgot to actually think about what I wanted to say here. I think I think I'm going to play the moon. I think I'm going to go for uh, a complete but not necessarily rapid transformation. Hmm. Um, and I think like as we get closer, you both see that Vindication's bearing is changed. But I think it's also made very clear that this is not what she expected to find here. Hmm. Um, so I think it's both a complete transformation of her as the or not necessarily complete but a transformation of her as we sort of get deeper into this once familiar place but also recognizing that this place is no longer familiar Hmm. Um, do i stick that here yeah perfect okay these actions display the two fronts for storytelling reflecting the interior character and engaging the the exterior plot on your turn you can use one card to reflect or engage to reflect, draw a card from the deck into your hand. Read the card aloud to the table and use it to describe how the scene makes you feel or change. Uh, whenever a player reflects, play a card from the Arbiter's deck. To engage, to make something a canon part of the story, uh, play a card on the board and describe how you act, what you say, or what details you add to the scene. To act on another player, put the card in their hand. There is also, uh, you can always ask a question. Asking a question is a free action. Ask anyone at any time about anything. If the deck answers, shuffle that card into the Arbiter's deck. Um, so we've been doing that pretty frequently, and I'm pretty happy about that. Mm. So once all the characters have been introduced, determine which event has been queued. The game takes place within events. Events are scenes described by the event's name that start with the two cards in the event slot. To queue an event means to indicate with character action or player prompting that you want to play it next. When someone queues an event, starts a conversation, tries a challenge, causes a cataclysm, etc., that player decides on an event, then flips those two cards, crossing one over the other, like the core. Use these cards to frame the scene. An event can be the focus of the story, additional details to round out facts already established, or just the backdrop to the scene. If there's a desired card, spotlight it in the description. Go around the table engaging or reflecting on the scene until it feels the scene ends or another event is queued. Cue events early and often. So which of these do you think has been queued? Or which do we want to queue? So, I'm sorry, this I feel like this is a dumb question, but can we only queue the ones we've placed cards on? No, you can queue any of these. That's a, okay. a decent question, yeah. And it almost, it almost feels like I kind of like a, a vision, just to kind of get our bearings. Yeah, I was going for a vision or an invitation potentially, only because I think that would be wonderfully creepy if we got an invitation in this place. He- hello, <laughs> bad. I'm vetoing hello. <laughs> I couldn't tell if you were on the call still. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying hello was the invitation. No, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't need that. 
in my life. Fair and valid. I'm gonna rest for this. I'm a good person. I don't deserve this. Um, no, but I like a I like a vision. I think that yeah. will work well. Cool. Um, then I will take those two cards and flip them. Oh boy, that's a strong. Ooh. Start. Okay. Um. I'm... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the two cards are adversary, proud, venomous, obsession, unswayed by reason or patience, or a childhood rival, a worthy opponent, a moving finish line, and snake oil, a stopgap, a placebo, a sweet tasting poison. Or a simple solution to a complicated problem, easy in theory, difficult in practice. I mean, we had talked, like, what if we take childhood rival literally here? Ooh. We had talked about people coming down here and becoming these prison guard things. Mm -hmm. What if you meet someone and they're not them anymore because they're part of this hive mind, but... Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Damn. Or what if, like, I don't know who wants to sort of take... I mean, we could do it both ways. Never mind. I was wondering who wanted to take sort of who whose rival it could have been, but it could have been like your rival and my student. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> uh, that introduces a new non-player character, which I'm very excited about. Um, so when an NPC is introduced, draw two cards and cross them. Um, use these cards to build a picture of the NPC's personality and motivations. These are not retired or taken as takeaways. Unless the NPC exits the story. So I will draw up. Oh. Yeah. Oh uh-huh. my god. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's so good. Yep, Shit. that's what that is. Fuck. That's what those cards are. Oh, man. Oh my god. Man, when it goes bad, it goes bad, huh? I mean, but are we are we thinking about this as the individual or as the hive mind? Um, I kind of like this as... I mean, for set value of there being a difference, but I, I, I do like this being, you know, the person as they are now. Um, so the, the two cards are Knight, Tilter of Windmills, Teethed on Tradition, Malice Bred by Boredom, or a Well-Armed Soldier, a Banner Bearer, a Champion, and Bad Blood, Vitriol Swallowed Back by Shame, a Trap's Jaws Rusted Shut, or to Drink from the Same Poisoned Cup as Your Enemy. Fuck. I I love the sense of this old friend of Osadax who last time it left uh, just stayed and decided that the way that they were going to fix things here was to, you know, it's only fair to level the playing field, you know? So the, the plan is to go and become part of the hive mind and then use the hive mind against them um, to drink from the same poison cup as your enemy. Shit. And that just didn't pan out. The second half of that plan just never happened. Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's just mean. <laughs> I can't believe I'm being bullied like this on air. <laughs> um, so that that Shit. night, that like well-armed soldier, um, but also the like tilter of windmills, you know, like That's so good. Oh, what? What is their name? Which naming convention do we want to stick to here? Well, we've got we, right. We've got the excerpts, and we've got sort of uh, Latin species names. Because if we want to go with excerpt, I think it would be kind of terrible if victorious was what it was shortened to. Fuck. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. But if we don't want to be that mean, <laughs> no. Let's get mean. Let's fucking be that. Do we want to f- come up with a full name here? Kind of? 
Yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah. That's sort of the, the pros of, of excerpt names. Hmm. Once they get to be long, cool. I'm just gonna start typing and see what comes into my brain. Yes. Oh, that's mean. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm gonna send it to you, just because okay. I don't trust myself to, like, be able to read right now. Okay. Um, but... Uh, a village crumbled under Leviathan's weight, serpentine and victorious. That fucking rules. Yep, that's it. I'll, I'll put that in. <laughs> oh, wait. Okay, I had an idea about... Okay. Um, what if, like, the Latin species names were pirate names? That's cool. Um, and that's a reason why, like, there's a difference between naming conventions. <laughs> oh, the pirate names are taken names. Oh, that's good. <laughs> The pirate names are chosen names. Yeah. Here. Okay. That's them. So, yeah. I, um, Osidax goes to find its old friend and, like, recognizes them while trying to dodge a group of guards and sees them in, in, in the suit. And they're, like, referred to as, you know, as the excerpt name and not the, the, the pirate name that Osidax knows them by. Um, what was their pirate name? Ah, uh, good question. Um, whale claw animals. <laughs> oh, I, I love the idea of pirate names being taken from like a raided book of taxonomy or something like that. Yes, I like I like Polykaida. <gasps> That's really good. Also, like like with the poly and the hive mind, it just feels mean. Yeah, it does. So yeah, I've been I've been doing a lot of talking. So That's fine. You've had wanna... very good ideas. Um, <laughs> but do you want do you want to go? Like this being your former student as well, you know. Yeah, I mean I I think I kind of like the mental image of Vindication almost not recognizing them just because you know, they go through a lot of students in mm-hmm. a time. And so they all, you know, they don't blend together necessarily, but it's hard to pick out one from the rest. Because yeah. I think I think most of these people are former students, actually. Oof. Um, yeah. I think she's just trying not to think about it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, I think you, like, stop. And we just get, like, a little thing of, like, me coming up behind you and kind of bumping into you. And seeing, like, looking over your shoulder at who you're looking at. And both seeing Victorious as, like, the person you pick out in this crowd, but also just seeing, like, a jumble of people who she knew as really small children, grown up, and with little things growing out of them, and marred, and far older than she ever knew them as, but not unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a thing I should do here, or if this is just something we get a shot at. I don't actually know how she feels about it. I think it's disturbing at the sort of first glance, but I don't actually know how she would actually feel about it once she thought about it. Well, you can you can draw to reflect. Yeah, I was going to I was going to ask if that's a thing I can do. Yep, that's the whole point of that mechanic. <laughs> so, I drew the artisan, master of none, governed by governed by moods blinded by unattainable ideals. Or, a skillful hand, a practiced eye, a weathered tool, and a clean slate. So, okay. It's almost like she kind of feels like she failed with these ones. Mm-hmm. Like, she was trying to teach them to do something greater than this. And they went off and became prison guards. Yeah. 
So when you draw to reflect, that card goes into your hand. Oh, okay. And the arbiter takes a move. Huh. Hmm. Vampire, legendary monster, cold-blooded noblesse, a parasite. Um, we can go more literal with this, but I'm actually, I kind of like this as, like, Osadak suddenly stopping and Vindication bumping in- into it, and then, like, an arm from off-screen, off like, grabbing Osadax and pulling pulling it into an alley and being like, the fuck are you doing? As, oh, like, shit. as, like, one of the actual pirates is like, it's not <laughs> fucking safe for you to be out on the street, you dumbass. Um, to have that be the vampire from, from what it was before. Thank you.